Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's a Friday afternoon. We got a real cool guest on the other side of our Zoom. He's hanging out in Seattle. Right? Seattle, so, he said, yeah. Let me ask you a question about Seattle really quick because I'm in love. I, I don't want to say it like that because it sounds really weird. I'm in love. I'm not <laughs> in love with Cameron Crowe. I really enjoy Cameron Crowe he's, movies. He's pretty in love with Cameron Crowe. Fine. I might, be, I might be a little bit in love with Cam. I'm in love with Cameron Crowe movies. Okay. And and I'm assuming you're from Seattle, so you've seen the movie Singles. I have not seen it. Whoa! <laughs> unbelievable! Ah. Singles is a 1992 uh, love story that takes place in Seattle. And it's very heavily surrounded by music. Yep. Pearl Jam's in that movie. Mm. Soundgarden's in that movie. And this is the interesting part about that movie. That movie was filmed and in the can way before Seattle broke and became like the grunge capital of of the era. I just learned that. Were we just listening to a podcast or something about that? I don't like, remember. I just learned I don't remember that. What, but I've heard that before. Yeah, from, I anyway. just learned that. Though. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's actually really interesting. So when the movie actually came out, how grunge was just starting to break, and the movie was kind of like you know kind of hinting at that idea, and it's it's actually really really funny to know that if you're into music and but anyway, way you, you, you got to go see good the, timing see the movie. good timing you got to see the movie <laughs> it was great timing hey everyone it's amanda and it is friday afternoon and we've got joe on the other side of zoom as mark mentioned he's in seattle he's a licensed massage therapist there he does some teaching and i think that the reason that we connected with him in the first place is competition yeah joe <laughs> is somebody that has firsthand experience with uh, massage championships so we're going to talk a little bit about that talk about his teaching talk his practice and wherever else the conversation takes us today because you know we're always up for an adventure i really want to know about the championships and i'll tell you there's a couple reasons why there's a couple reasons why we've had we've had a gentleman on his name is ryan he's a massage therapist from ontario and he's gone to partake in the massage champ the world massage championship mm -hmm. right and we have a partner in business with us his name is scott and scott really wanted to bring this to canada and I keep telling not just Canada. He wanted to bring it to Ontario. And I keep telling Scott, I'm like, Ontario is not Ontario's ready for this. Ready. Like you don't understand. Ontario RMTs, they're like, we're healthcare, blah, 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 blah. Competitions, I don't understand. This doesn't make sense to me. Meanwhile, by the way, by the way, all these RMTs that say that, paramedics, guys, paramedics in Ontario, they have paramedic games. Right? Yeah, they have full on competitions yeah. paramedics, right? Just so you know. But anyway, which way? But the other thing too with the championships, after talking to Ryan, even myself, like I'm pretty open-minded and I was totally on board with the idea of eventually bringing this to Canada because I think it's actually really cool. But the way Ryan described it really opened my eyes up to what a learning opportunity this is. What a way for therapists to actually open their eyes to, you know, like massage therapy globally is not just what we learn here in Ontario. And I think you, it's very easy to become very close-minded to what massage and body work is. And I I like the idea of being exposed to international uh, types of body work and therapy. And so I, after listening to him, I was like, I'm even more on board to but bring this But this here. is what I don't like about the whole thing is everyone that kind of shits all over it. I don't think they've taken the time to speak to anyone that's been involved and therefore get an idea of what this whole thing's about. Like I might've right. been on the shit on it camp before, you know, cause I was, I, I didn't know anything about it. Right. And, and first instinct was like, eh, I don't understand how this kind of works type of thing. But then after speaking with Ryan, I'm like, Ooh, I kind of get this now. And then when I see in like a Facebook group of someone just crapping all over it, I'm like, well, have you taken the time to even reach out and try to figure out what this is all about versus just whatever, finds its way onto your Facebook feed and, and you judge it by a picture that you might see or by a post that you might see from somebody. Right. So that's why I really love to have you on because I'm, I, 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 I just want people to fucking know shit without just jumping up and opening up their mouths before they don't, before they there's don't a, know. There's a great know. quote from Mark. I just want people to fucking know shit. <laughs> <All right. laughs> on that note, I'd love we'll to... We'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to introduce our guest now and we'll get right into it and I'm excited as well to hear your perspective on this, especially because you are not a Canadian therapist. So Joe, why don't you give our listeners a little bit of background, how you got into this profession, how long you've been practicing, and uh, what your particular practice looks like in Seattle. Sure. I've been practicing I don't know, since about 2010, I think. Um, and I came to massage late, always interested in it, but never really had time to separate myself from what I was doing. And finally, 
uh, got in a couple years after my mom did and uh, best choice ever made in my life. I love this industry. I love everything we do. Um, hope my clients aren't listening, but I'd probably pay to give half the massages I give. So they are. <laughs> yeah, let's I'm hope they're not trouble. listening. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, yeah, then, maybe. then let's rewind. You said you got into this industry late and just after your mom. Like, I, I need to hear this story. What were you doing prior to massage and how did you and your mother both get into this around the same time? My mom and I have a little little difference of opinion on this. I don't know who who's right. Uh, my my understanding was I'd been signing up for massage schools for a decade. I, you know, sign up, can't go, sign up, can't go, sign up, can't go. I finally got almost fully signed up with uh, the Edding School of Massage, which was the best school in, Masa- in Seattle for a very long time by, by some people's standards. And I couldn't go. I had a deal come up. And so my mom went. She was in um, kind of a, a sales rep kind of position. And she decided to go, changed her life. And, uh, you know, a couple years later, I, I followed her. That's your take on it. So what does your mom think? Where does she think that mom you kind of thinks that she somehow got me into massage. So, so, oh, you know, okay. I don't know, but I'm open to being, I'm open to being completely wrong. You know, either way I got here, I don't really care. That's a good attitude to have. Cause you never want to argue with your mom. Mom's right. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. Thank you. Love so, you, mom. Just in case. <laughs> in case she's listening. Um, So what were you, your mom was in sales. What were you doing prior to massage, Joe, that like on and off for 10 years, you thought this might be something you want to do? I was in finance. So I was managing hedge fund, um, doing investments. um, And, you know, always the next project, next project, next project. And finally, you know, the the great world devaluation of 2007, 2008. uh, You know, it's time to to make a change. Feels good now wearing a suit, eh? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it does. It does not no shoes either. Two thousand and eight. Uh, that was um, at that time. I was actually working at a private career college that had a massage therapy program, and. Mm. Holy crap, the number of people in your position, Joe, that were working in you know corporate type of jobs that realized this isn't going to work for me anymore. You know, like the the economy is not supporting this and healthcare is is the way to go. Like we were getting people signing up for classes like it was it was insane. I couldn't keep up with the number of people who were coming in to it's like, switch to healthcare. It's like the dude that yeah. that owned the school, he always said it best and that's why he's like my school is going to be here forever because everybody always needs healthcare and trades. And he's yep. like, that's what we do here. We're always going to be in business. And everyone that comes from our school is always going to be in demand. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So why massage? Um, oh, I don't know. So I, I have a long background in mixed martial arts. Um, I love jujitsu. I love contact. I've always loved the massages that I received. I was a professional athlete for a little bit and uh, it kept me kind of moving and going. And I just, yeah, I just don't know. I was drawn to it. Um uh, just couldn't figure out how to get it in my life. And it just, just made sense. I think that the reason I went into it's not why I'm in it today. Uh, you know, out of school, I had a very different idea of who I'd be as a therapist. And I ran that track for like a year, a year and a half. And then I decided to to stop running that track and created a new track much different than most people are running. I need to so hear about that. I know that's a lead into, right? <laughs> that and is a so, lead in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, so when I got out of school, uh, my wife is a physical therapist. She was, you know, working on a PhD. There's a lot of big words going on around my house. Um, I was really into anatomy, kind of a walk, as into research. Um, and I wanted to work on athletes. And uh, and I just found out after a while that um, the athletes, I mean, I worked on some great athletes, but but a lot of them are just not interesting. There's, there's not much going on. Um, if I work for the teams, it's not about the athletes, it's about the game, Saturday or Sunday, or the dance for the ballets. And they don't necessarily have the best interests long-term for their, for their players. Mm-hmm. Um, they just want something fixed and go out and do their job, yep. which wasn't much fun. Um, the dancers were really cool because they were super complex, a lot going on, a lot more than just this, the, the physical acute, you know, short-term rehabilitation stuff. And I started really just following nervous systems, trying to figure out why people are in the, the spots they're in and looking for more than just a, textbook answer. It's so interesting to hear people's takes on things. You know, there's some people who want to work with with athletes for that exact reason. You know, like I want a problem in front of me and I want to be able to do something where I can show results right away. And then there's therapists like yourself, Joe, that are like, I want 
a person to work with. I want to understand nervous systems and yeah. figure out how to, you know, work with somebody and optimize them throughout their life and have a long-term plan and treatments. And it's so interesting. I mean, and thankfully there's so many different types of therapists that love working with different types of clients. The interesting right? part to me is the, is the evolution that happens is where you don't start in this spot, but somehow yep. you, you navigate your way to be in this spot and you know, everyone's a little bit different. And like you said, that's the beauty of it all. I do love it though, but I do love to hear the transition. That's the yeah. coolest part for me is to hear the transition. Yeah. What about you, Mark? I don't know if anyone's ever asked you this on the podcast. Like when you were in school, did you have an idea of what type of therapist you were going to be? And no. did you become that? Uh, no, I didn't really. Like I said, when I was <laughs> I was going to massage school, my goal really wasn't about massage. His therapy. goal was to meet girls. If you haven't heard this on any of our episodes before, Joe. <laughs> Yeah, so okay, how'd that go for you? It, it was it was good. I, I, okay. Massage school was a, it was a, was a good. How, let's let's not talk about that. Let's let's talk about that. <laughs> how did you escape cauliflower ears? What I want to know. I'm looking at your ears oh, right man. now. You know, I'm going, those are beautiful ears for a guy that fights. Yeah. So my two, couple of reasons. I was a Muay Thai. Uh, I so I, I have a title belt as a kickboxer. That was my specialty. Uh, back when I did it, you could be really good at one thing and suck at the other stuff and do okay. Yeah. Now I go to a gym and 15 year old kids tap me out and say, sorry, Mr. Lavin. You know, it's just a whole different <laughs> world these days. At least they call you Mr. <laughs> yeah. And I, I didn't wrestle. Um, and so I was not averse to wearing headgear because the guys were always trying to tear my ears off. So I always had my, you know, uh, affectionately head condom on and yeah, you know, yeah. my ears pretty good. They, yeah. So that's how I escaped that. Whatever you did, it worked out for you. You have pretty, pretty normal Thank looking you. ears you. there. Thank you know, you I, was, I was told last night, I got an auricular treatment done last night by somebody who practices uh, traditional Chinese medicine. And as I was on the table, she said to me, you have beautiful ears. And she's like, I know that's a weird compliment, ah. but let me explain. I've got, apparently I've got fat earlobes. She didn't say those words, but my my fat earlobes, she said, that's a sign of um, like wealth and prosperity and happiness. And I was like, oh, okay. So my fat earlobes are (laughs) are a good thing. You always call them full. They're full. They're not fat. They're full. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm okay. I'm okay with my chubby earlobes. You're going to get ear implants pretty soon. It's going to be so chic. You're going to start a trend. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine? Botox. How do we go from, from the athletes to the person to the championships. I want I want to hear how this comes yeah. about. I'm a constant evolver kind of anyways. It's just it's just, you know, my way I do things. Um and so I was I was pretty unique, stood out, um doing really different work but but you know, arguably amazing work. And I was writing a a class some about like uh, you know, tremendous amazing touch and, and looking for some ideas and I came across this website um, and it was a phenomenal touch uh, school. This gal named Leslie Bruder was the teacher. And, uh, it, you know, the, it was a broken website. The links didn't work. It was terrible. But the words that she wrote about massage were just like, you know, uh, you know, ah. so I called her. We talked for a couple hours and it's going to be wonderful or terrible, right? We're either both crazy or we're, or we're, we're on to something. She has a program. It's like five or six months. It's like a thousand bucks a month. You got to come down there for like a week. And I said, I, just, I can't do that. I'll come down one time. She's like, well, I don't really do that. So we finally got it to where I'd come down for one time. And, uh, and, and I'll make a long story short. Um, I didn't know much about Boulder at the time. Like it's a Boulder thing. Didn't mean much to me, which um, down here means it's, you know, kind of hippie, kind of whatever. But I got there. We're walking into the classroom. There's there's dry ice billowing under the curtain. I'm holding some therapist's hand walking through. They're sprinkling water on you. And I'm about like, I got to get out of here. Like, you know, nothing personal. It's just not my thing. Yeah. It sounds like a cult so far. <laughs> or just, you know, like like something that I wasn't, uh, I was super judgy and critical. Right. And hopefully I'm not as much anymore. Uh, I came in, we sat down, shared stories. And I'm like, yeah, I got a wife and some kids and some dogs. I love massage. Everybody else just shared their life story. I mean, it was, it was, oh, it was heart wrenching. And this gal named Mary, who I absolutely adore now, but she scared the hell out of me then. She stood up, she's six foot something. She started doing this African dance and, 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 and this thing called I Came to Be Danced. Look it up. It's, it's, it's amazing. Mm. And I'm literally trying to figure out the flight to get out of there. <laughs> and then we do some body work. And this guy named Jonathan, he just, he starts working on somebody and literally about 10, 15 minutes in on a demo, I'm on the floor and I'm 
bawling. I'm like that sinus cavity making weird noises in the head bawling. And, and, it, and it wasn't just me. I'd never seen anybody ever work with a body like that ever. And I, and then I couldn't leave. I, I was, you know, I had to stay. And um, Jonathan Grassi, he's, he's a medal winner over in, in Copenhagen. One of the most amazing massage therapists and just, you know, beyond the massage therapy, just, just, just interpersonal um, type of work he does is, is amazing. And that's, and that started this giant evolution to where what I figured out from there was that I was going to start doing the massage I want. I was going to express myself in my massage. I was going to get to know my clients. I was not going to be afraid of connecting with them. And, and from there, someone just called me one day, one day and said, Hey, do you want to go to the world championships? And I thought they were selling. I said, no, I don't, I don't, I don't buy anything. And they said, well, no, this is what it is. I looked it up. And as soon as I knew there was one, I'm like, yes, I'll be there. When? Like probably way too uh, excited about that. So next year I went over to Copenhagen for the first uh, international world, world massage championships. What made you jump at it so quick? What about it spoke to you so hard that you're like, I got to go? You get it. Well, one, you, you get it. You know, it, it's it's different now. But at that time, you get to show off. Like I do my work in a in a in a dark room. And I, and, and I used to do seminars, two, 3,000 people, right? Get all this applause and, you know, you get this feedback. It's an audience of one. No one really knows what I do or sees back then. I didn't have a lot of videos online. And it was a chance to just, to just show up and show off. Um, so, and, and to be called good, right? Um, have someone pass judgment on my work. So that was all to me. Um, wonderful. Other people, they think that's terrible. And, you know, We've all got our own sort of ideas. I asked Ryan that question, actually. You know, was there ever a part of you that was just terrified of working in front of other people who felt they were good enough to perform on like a world stage kind of thing and, you know, compete in a a massage championship? Were you ever like, are people going to look at my work and think like, what is this guy doing? Or was it just motivating to have that kind of challenge? Because I feel like I would be really intimidated knowing that there were so many people watching me who also do this type of work. Yeah. I'm the opposite. I, one, I, I mean, I love competition. I love a challenge, but I, I believe my work was so unique that I, I wanted people to see it because it's, it's diff- different. Um, when I, when the first year I went there, I, people, the, the, the Yepe who runs the entire um, association, he's like, we don't even know what to call you. You know, our, our whole group, we, we have no word for what you guys do. We have to create a new category. And to me, that was a win. That is pretty cool. I know Yepi. I've talked to him before. It's 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 interesting because like when we were talking to Ryan as well, Ryan kind of. This is when I try, I I kind of turn the way I thought about it when I heard him say this. He's like, "Listen, there's a whole bunch of people that are really good at this thing, this body work massage stuff, and they're so fucking passionate about it. Like this is what they do. This is them. This is their identity." And I get to get constructive feedback from yeah. a group of people like this. He's like, that's a win on its own. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to hear what a group like this has to say about what I do and how it could be better or how it, it fits in really well or whatever the case is. It's just like, it, for him, it was like, there's this is, this is, there's a no lose here. I can only win. Yeah. I like that attitude. Like I said, I'm impressed by it. I can imagine myself being. I mean, I'm not saying I would never do it, but I can imagine myself getting up there and like the butterflies and the stage fright and just being like, "Ah, everybody's eyes are on me. (laughs) So what made you what made you so certain that what you were doing at the time was really unique? Like what made you because you're in a room, like you said, with an audience of one. And this audience yeah. of one is like several ones throughout the day, but not, and you know, most people really just enjoy their massage therapists, whether they're, whether they think they're good or not good or, or they think they're special or not special. Most clients just like really enjoy the therapist. They get something out of it. So what was it about your work that you were like, yeah, I'm certain this is really different than, than what's happening. Well, one, it, 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 it looks different than anybody else's work. Um, it comes out of jujitsu. Uh, it is, um, I mean, the feedback I get from clients is, almost every time best massage in my life and not like towards trite. It's like people overwhelmed. Um, I, I teach, I, I have 20 year therapists come in and I teach them and they're like, Oh my gosh, we can do that. We can do this. So, so I know it's different outcome wise. I know it's different uh, how it looks. And um, you know, like just, just the therapists that work for me and these people from phenomenal touch just in a different category. 
right? We're, we, we, we flow differently. So this is going to be hard for you to put into words. And I recognize that, you know, just as you were talking about the therapist, when you, you went to do the training that you just started bawling your eyes at, like something about this, this person's type of therapy. Yeah. You can't really uh, describe to me what it was that gave you that feeling. I understand a lot of it is energy and being there and the whole, you know, everything that it encompassed. But in, if you were to try to describe to people, you know, you said your therapy looks different. It comes from jujitsu. Like what, what sorts of things are you able to share with us that make it so different from maybe, you know, somebody who's practicing like traditional, like Swedish massage therapy, what looks different? You know, I, I, we've talked to therapists who don't use oils or their clients don't get disrobed or they're using mats. Or is there something you can share with us that makes your therapy so very unique? Well, let me talk about what, what struck me with Jonathan, um, I mean, it, you know, it visually, you could just see that this person was completely in tune with his client, accepting, not judging, not pushing, but really just working with them. And it's hard to explain, but I mean, if, if everyone, there's maybe 20 people there, um, and we're just all kind of dumbified by it. We're, everything that you sort of get told in massage school, like, don't do this, don't do that, this, you know. He's mastering. Um, the client's response was incredible, um, and so so that's that's what got me really excited. I'm fairly cocky. I was a lot cocker even then. Um, with the the second night there, or the third night, we got to work on one of the like advanced students, and I'm like, yeah, okay, get out of the way, because here I come. I'm going to show you my stuff, right? And I go and I touch the gal, and she's like, oh, she was that's that was really abrupt. Can you start over? And I mean, my work is slow. Like I, you know. I only know one person slower than me and she works for me, right? Slow. And so I, I start over again. And then she's like, oh, you're kind of fast. Can you slow down? And, and I'm getting frustrated, right? And finally, she says, look, you know, I think I like your work, but you're in the way. Can you just get out of the way for a minute? And I'm like, F no, I can't. I'm goodbye. And I, was, I just walked out pissed. I, and, you know, no one in my city has ever judged my work like this. What's going on? And the next day, I was such a better therapist. Right? Like, 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 um, and, and I realized that, that that at that point I was a pretty good mechanic, real good mechanic, but I wasn't that good of a um, body worker, you know, connector. And I think the difference is, is that my staff and I were very connected to our clients. We try to do very unique massages. You know, our moves are, you can learn our moves. Everyone can learn our moves. Not a big deal. Um, but how we approach the client is pretty unique. So it is a lot about connection with your patients that makes your therapy so unique. Yeah. When you are bringing someone on to work with you, is it that you're teaching them how to do this and how to tune into the clients and then all the other stuff that comes along with it, or they're already kind of there? Like how does, how do you decide when I'm bringing someone on and what's that person? So traditionally, you know, with, with the exception of the COVID years, um, I teach a lot. Uh, I was a, a recruiter for a company called Soothe for Seattle. So um, if you're not familiar with them, they're like Uber for massage therapists. Yep. I did 350 interviews. Um, I had an idea of who I liked from that. And then I'd invite them to my classes. I have these massage parties that are my private parties just, just for the therapists that I want to get to know. And um, the the funny thing was is it took me over five years to start a massage business. And, 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 my, and people are like, why aren't you in your own practice? Why don't you have employees yet? And I just... I hadn't figured it out yet. And, and then I figured out I wanted to. And then it took me two years to find people I wanted to work with. Um, I started the company, I think, in 2017. I've never fired anyone. The only two people who have quit have opened their own practice, uh, which I welcome. They take the, their their clients with them. And I, and I send a link on my website still to, to where they practice. Um, but we spend a lot of time before I hire you getting to know you and, and making sure we get along because it's a unique practice. We, we have no... We just don't have a lot of, of issues. And when we do, we handle them. We, we talk about stuff. Can people be taught to do what you do? Like I know you said you teach people, but you also get a feeling for who you could work with and who you like. Are, are, are there some people that could never do what you do, no matter how much they were to mentor with you and learn from you? I don't want to say never. Um, I, think, I think there's unique things about the people that I hire that make them extra empathic. They, they, they are very focused on um, the client outcome. They, they want to work with, uh, you know, we do a lot of trauma work. We do a lot of work um, 
trying to think it's one it's also specific i hate to do that but but you know the other day i had a person who was in trauma she was a new client she went through a major life problem and so i tried to get her in and uh, i called this therapist that i just you know i know it's perfect and she's a day off she's a single mom but she hears what she's going through and she's okay i'll be there at five like she, you know and and she called me after that and and said um i mean it, it was so amazing uh it was the first massage she's ever just felt like it was a gift. So she gave it for free. Um, the gal spent extra time talking. And those are all things like as a business owner, he'd be like, uh, oh, uh, but I'm like, cool, right on. That's awesome. It's just a different approach. And so that kind of person works. And then the kind of person who's really focused on the break and the laundry rules and this and that, that they're not going to have a good time in our practice. Yeah. It sounds like you do have a very unique practice. And I mean, that kind of you know value that you're giving to people in the end, that is, that's only going to make your practice much more successful. And obviously you understand that as a business owner, because you will be the people that certain patients and clients are going to be attracted to because they know the value they're getting from you. They're not just going to, you know, a chain, a chain, not that there's anything wrong with the massage chains, but they're not going to one of these chains and getting, you know, just any massage or any massage therapist. They're getting very specialized treatment by a group of very unique therapists by the sounds of it. Yeah. And we do longer work. Um, we do full hours, no 50 minute hour. Uh, and usually, you know, 90 minutes, two hours is kind of like a, an average appointment and we do three hours and I'll do a four hour if, if you need to. Does participating in the championship, does that, does that, does that make a client see you differently? Does that make a client feel a little bit even even more special that they're getting treatment that you're their therapist? Yeah, you know, it's like I got a lot of certifications and I got a lot of letters and I got some medals. And and those help people think that I'm pretty good. And there's a lot of research doing that if you think your healthcare provider is more knowledgeable or more capable, you have better results because your belief is, is going to decide how your body responds to something. Yeah. So I think that it definitely gets people in the door. Uh, people um, want to go with a gold medal. You know, this they want to see what that is. What that means is that one day of the year, you were really good and you looked pretty awesome. It doesn't mean your, your body work was that great, but, but visually you kicked butt that day. Mm. So we try not to get too excited about our medals, but they do help pe- pe- bring people in the door. So, okay, since we're talking about the, the championship and, and things like medals and all the rest of it, for anyone that hasn't hasn't seen anything about the championships or has not heard our previous episode with Ryan, can you kind of give us a rundown of the different categories? Can you give us a rundown of how you're graded or marked or what these metrics are to determine if you're at a certain level or not, that type of thing? Sure, sure. There is. So I'm, I'm usually Western freestyle. That's, you know, and the way they first showed that was some some guy on rollerblades doing a massage, right? Kind of, you know, we're, we're sort of the crazy <laughs> people. And I think that's perfect. Here I go. And there's Eastern freestyle, which is like time massage. And, the, and I'll tell you what, man, the time massage you see in Copenhagen, I never even dreamed like, like it, that room is, is like walking into a Cirque du Soleil um, <laughs> training room. It is nuts. Uh, I would, I would never want to, well, what's funny is I did compete in the U S in that division, which was hilarious because I it just, I was having fun. Um, but there are a chair massage, Swedish there's sports. Sometimes there's wellness, which is a catch all. And each category has like, like if, if Swedish massage has very specific stuff that they're looking for. And so the judges are very Swedish massage oriented. Same with the Thai and the Eastern massage, Western freestyle um, you know, it's got to be different. It's got to be good. Got to have, you know, you'll judge therapeutic rationale as you can see it. You'll judge ergonomics. You'll judge um, uh, your uniqueness, and you have all these just just you know one to ten, one to twenty points. And, and there's seven judges, um, and it's changed. And this is kind of how it is now. But you just add all the points up, and you turn them in, and, and the high point winner is the high point winner. There was there was a little more discretion the first. I judged a couple years. There's a little more discretion the first couple of years, but but I think now in, in the nationals or the, or the World Massage Championship, they've, they've done a really good job at, at getting a, a as unbiased of a uh, answer as you can get. But bottom line is like when I judged, I had a French judge. I had um, we, we just we just disagreed incredibly on some of the principles that that you know this is a ten, no, it's a two, and here's why. And and it was interesting because. Um, coming up against such a hard belief system, I'm like, oh, I'll tell this guy why it's really a 10. Yeah, he's telling me why it's a two. 
Um, and so I just learned that that I had a pretty myopic view of what constitutes good body work. Um, and uh, so going there, you know, the first year I went there, I lost. I mean, I was pretty sure I had the gold medal. Um, and I think losing was the best thing that ever happened to me uh, in, in that ter- in, in terms of, of the championships of massage. And it's like when I first got there, I was looking at stuff like that is stupid. That oh, that look at those. Look at that form. And and then I started hearing other people say it. And I'm like, oh, that sounds terrible. And I realized I'm just this judgy little dude from the States, you know, uh, and I had to open up. There's a thing called talk sin. Have you heard of that? Called what? Sorry. Talk sin. It's like a wooden wooden mallet and a and a wooden chisel. With oh, yeah. Maybe a and you just like bang, bang, bang yep, up yep. the spine, back of the neck, crown of the head. And I'm just thinking, oh my that you know, it's just stupid. And then I get it, and I'm like that that feels good. And so you know, if there's a society paying for something, it's probably awesome. And so I just learned that year to sort of like go with more curiosity um, unless, you know, got to be my way and my way is right kind of thing. And, and I think that really has helped my practice a lot. You just, just being more open and not so sure of things. Were you angry when you lost in that moment? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It, it like, I mean, I, everyone was sure I got the gold. It was like, it was like, it was just, and I, what I did is, is there's two rounds and I thought I did so good in my first round that I could just drop my second round and go help someone do something else and still win the gold. And then um, I don't know what happened. It was that's one of the that's the year that things were a little more discretional. And um, but but you know, I was gracious in the moment, but I mean, you know, I, I was in it was like I can't even tell you. The bottom had fallen out and I did not know what was going on. So yeah, I wasn't happy. But then Eventually, gold medalist. No, no, well, no golds. I, I've got, um, I've got a, a silver and a bronze and a bronze. So I got a sil- I got a bronze in Western freestyle in the states. I got a so. And then what happened is there's, there's a gal named Wasa Lack, who may be the most perfect massage therapist I've ever watched. I judged her in Copenhagen and then had to compete against her in the states in the American Massage Championship. And so I knew for a fact, there's no gold in my life. There's, there's no way this, this, I mean, I got to find some videos. She is amazing. I hired her, I just hired her to come out and teach my staff. So I'm paying her to come out for two days and just teach my staff privately. Um, and so the second day she was going into Eastern and I thought I'm going to compete, compete against you in Eastern. So I found a, uh, a, I took a sheet off my bed at the hotel. I found a yoga mat and I did a four time massage routine and I actually got a silver medal which was hilarious. Wow. Um, but at this point, it's not about winning. It's, it's, it's about the, the people you meet, the relationships, what you learn. Uh, and it's not really there that you get it. It's the next year, like the American massage championship, all the winners um, we're in these groups. And uh, I mean, there's a hundred messages a day still going by every day. We have monthly uh, zooms where we talk and we bring on someone that, that does something we like. And um, every person that took that, that is going through this in this group, will be such a better therapist next year. See, that's the stuff like I want people to hear about these these massage championships because as Mark said at the beginning, here in Ontario because we are regulated healthcare, people hear this and they think almost like it's making a mockery of something that's supposed to be healthcare, you know? Mm-hmm. Like why are we competing? It's not a competition and I think they think, you know, when you add in competition that we're taking out the important things like patient outcomes and you know, we're not thinking about taking care of a patient, we're thinking about being flashy and looking good in the body work that we do, which is a- the exact opposite of what you're describing, Joe. What you're describing mm-hmm. is a bunch of super passionate therapists who want to not only showcase what they do, but they want to see what other people are doing. And you guys then continue to learn from each other and you all have such respect for each other. Like you don't look at this other therapist as this is, you know, hardcore competition. You're like, I want to compete in Eastern and do Thai massage, which is not even what you do because you want to compete with her again. And I think that's the part that Ontario therapists really need to understand and know that this this could actually be a huge positive coming to Canada, but we're just we're just not ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Well, the states weren't ready. We 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 had our first championship last year after several rec- um, false starts. Um, I, I will tell you that I mean, after being in Europe, and going to the Copenhagen, the UK national, um, they're a lot more excited about their 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 craft, a lot more pr- pride in what they do. Um, they're willing to pay a lot of money to, to go see masters 
and fly other countries. You know, in our in the states, you know, forty nine bucks for a C class is a little too much for some people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's competition. There's like forty competitions over there. I think it's crazy, uh, it, and it's all because they're really think it's an art as well as it's outcome based, and that there's a lot of there's healing going on. Um, and I think that the states would, you know, or maybe say North America, um, by not acknowledging that and looking at it. Uh, we're just going to miss out on some cool ideas that we could we can implement to get our outcomes better. Yeah, I think we do miss out on a lot, forgetting about the fact that there is the art component to what we do. You know, I think everyone is so sometimes I, I, I'm saying this and I'm speaking in absolutes and generalizing. It's obviously not every therapist. There are a lot of us who still understand that there is an art to body work, but there's a lot of therapists who focus so much on what does the research say and the science. And the thing is, it's it, it encompasses all of it. And so there's no shame in perfecting the craft, as you said, you know, there's zero shame in that. But I think, again, a lot of people hear championships and they're thinking, well, you know, what is healthcare about that? But like Marks, I didn't even think about the paramedics, man. Most people don't realize. The that. UK actually has a, a category for um, uh, a treatment and, and, they, and, and it's a hard category. They really, you have to really um, explain your, your, your healing rationale and all that. And, and they make choices based on what they believe are different outcomes. I'd also say that every person that is, that is out there, maybe there's a, there's, there's a hundred thousand hours of research in that room, right? And they are, they are trying to show off in whatever way they can, everything they know. Mm-hmm. They're trying to put their best information forward and translate in the way that actually looks um, and that you can see visually and get an idea. And so, uh, yeah, I, you can't do surgery, uh, you know, competitions, that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm sure that there's a lot of stuff that they talk about at their, at, their, at their seminars that help them be creative and look at new ideas. You know, I do think actually there are certain med schools in the States that do competitions, by the way, for surgeries. Interesting. I think because when this whole thing, when this whole thing starts to blow up a little bit in Canadian Facebook groups, I start to look at like, because someone said like, well, doctors don't do this. And then I think I found a, a med program for surgeons and they actually do competitions. And then that's how I found in Ontario, they have paramedics that do competitions. See, and it just, right? it somewhat makes sense to me. I mean, I... I shouldn't say it makes sense to me that there are competitions, but there are surgeons who are considered, you know, world-class and the top surgeons. And how do you get to be that way? It's because other people look at your work and can recognize that you have perfected this certain type of surgery and you get these outcomes more so than other people in the same field. So it's, it really isn't that, that big of a, a, a jump. I think that people just hate that. Maybe it's, it's the, the word. word. Competition. It's the competition, the it's championships. It's that, it's, that, it's that idea. I do want to ask you a question about this, though. Do you, do you practice for this like a performance or do you just go in there and do what you do? You're like, this is what I do. This is, an, this is another day at work. This is another client and I'm going to meet them where they're at. And I'm gonna, or is this something like, it's a performance. I'm going to practice this thing. Yeah, there's a lot of people that practice and unfortunately, I always think I'm going to practice and I, and I don't and I just go do my thing because my thing depends on the client. Um, in, in Copenhagen, you have, to, you have to treat whoever's on your table. Mm-hmm. In the UK, you get to bring your, your, your body with you. So you could practice with the body then and it would make sense to me. Um, but you don't know who you're going to get. So whatever you practice, you know, I'm not sure. I would say this. I would say that you think about your, your posture more. You think about how things would occur to people visually. Um, I teach, and so when I when I'm working, I'm thinking, "Oh, this sucks." I should, you know, I should practice what I'm thinking. I teach quietly sometimes when I'm working, so I can explain this this move that I'm doing. I don't have I don't have a I don't have it worked out yet. So and so I think having to perform, whether teaching or or teaching a class, doing a speech, or competing, um, helps you to really. Uh, define things. So when you're when you're in the competitions, did you walk in there? having any idea what you're going to do. So for example, Ryan was telling us a story how he's like, I'm going to do stuff to the shoulder because I do really good stuff to the shoulder or the hip or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then he showed up and he had his, met his body and his body was like, no, 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 no. I don't want you to touch my Mm -hmm. shoulder. And then now he's got to like, okay, well, what? but he went in there with kind of like a game plan. Like this is what I'm going to show off. Is that's not you at all? I'm just curious. Um, I have a game. I'd say my game plan is, is I want to show as much of my work as I can. I've got to really, um, 
I don't know, not dumbed down, but I've got, you know, there's a lot of stuff I can't show. It's not going to work. It's right. just, it's, it's, it's like runway model stuff, right? It makes sense in the moment, but I'm not going to pull it out there. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I do things like I'll fly people sometimes. So I don't want to fly the, the person. I don't know how much they weigh um, or if they, if they're, if they're up for it. So I just want to go in and there's some things I do. I flip my clients. It's one of the, my, my trademark things. My clients don't turn themselves, which everyone thinks is just, you know, that's cool. So I want to throw that in there. There's a right. pullover thing I do. So I think you have some highlight moves that you know are either really unique visually or, or that you think are, um, you know, super good therapeutic rationale. People bring different tools, tools they're trying to promote or tools they use, and they, they show the tools off and how they work in the competition. So I think everyone's got something to show. I just, I'm just probably wired a little bit differently, and I'm just trying to just you know, I figured this, I went out. So it's not always pretty. I, I would say that the the second year we went, the U.S., you know, my, and I want to say this carefully, my students, my peers, and my teachers, um, we collectively won, uh, they, they were gold, bronze, and silver. They swept Western freestyle, right? I mean, USA, which was, you know, which, which is, you know, an issue, an amazing thing. But we weren't ready for that as as a as a community back home. It, it really tore apart our small um, community. I thought that one that was too commercial and and two you didn't there wasn't enough light spread around. There's just lots of stuff that went on, and, and we we have not recovered from that. Um, that that has been something that's been hard for our group. We we sort of um, have a couple of different camps now, and it's sad to see that we were we were split up by something was just was bad communication, right? So um, it's yeah so so there's a lot of people that are i think too winning oriented um there's a lot of people that um are really mad at the end you know and just and express it very very uh vocally or you know and, and they think they should have won and i get it so you know we talk when I mean, i'm judging i'll try and tell everyone ask me what you want about your about your your what you did i try to send people a text or email saying what i liked about their work um but you know, for some people, it's a frustrating, it's a frustrating day. That leads into something I've been thinking about um, this entire time. So it seems a perfect time to ask about it. What is communication like during the competition? So you've judged it, Joe. Are are people like are the therapists talking about their therapeutic rationale? And are they speaking through it? Or are they just performing? Like, what does it look like as a judge? Yeah. So for the for the competitions that I know about that I've been to, um, it's pretty much you're just doing your thing. Most of the conversation with, with with between the therapists and the judges is before and after. So we'll take notes. I would really love to ask someone in the moment, what are you doing? Is, you know, because it looks weird. It might be cool. But as for right now, it's frowned upon for us to really interfere with their work. Right? Is there so, communication so, with the, the person on the table? Like, are they ever, uh, is the therapist that's that's competing, are they ever explaining to the person on the table, this is what I'm doing, this is why? Or is it more like client care communication that you'd have with an actual patient? I, I, I will say this. I think it's the biggest throwaway category that people don't understand. There's, there is a, and there's you know, there's not a lot of points up for grabs. And there's, it's like a 10 or 15 point category is your, is your client communication. Hmm. And so... Uh, and, and the judges that are judging, I mean, these are massage school teachers been out of school for 20 years. You know, they, they know, they know when a client's confused, not confused. They know when you're, when you're putting someone to these. And some of the times the things we come, come at the most on is we're kind of talking is look how that person's talking to their client, explaining this, look how that person spent five minutes before the, before and they have a one hour competition. They spent five minutes doing in uh, kind of an intake and kind of a demonstration of what they were going to do. 15 points right off the bat, because that person did it. And I would say when I judge, um, you know, I'd say 30% of the, of the therapists really get it and, and, and overtly do it. And the rest are either good at it or not good at it. And they just get the points they get, mm -hmm. but we're really communication is a, is a, is a big, big thing for the, for the competitions. Being in the competition and judging it. What's the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen? <laughs> oh, I would say the funnest thing. So, um, so I went to school and I had one teacher was just, I mean, uh, he was kind of perfect at what he did. Like he, he, but he was definitely, uh, you know, the one guy that just, just would ride you. And, and I love you, Amon, wherever you are, you, you are amazing. Um, but he went with us to the championship and there's a gal from Russia that comes and she doesn't have an interpreter and we're not sure what she's doing most of the time. And, and she gets him on as a client. And so we're working and you kind of smell like 
sort of gasoline or something. Not totally sure what it is, but you're, you're looking around and she's wrapped him up in towels like a mummy and she lit him on fire. And I just think that's awesome. And so, so he's on fire. Um, and, and she can't see anything obviously. And she's kind of putting part of the fire out. He's like, hey, are you out there? It's getting hot in here. Is there, is anybody out there? What's going on? No, it was awesome. It was beautiful. <laughs> I still have no idea why she did it, but it was like one of those moments you just, you know, you can't, you can't ask for a better moment than that. This reminds me of Ryan's story of, was it candles or something that was all over his back? And same thing when you're, you know, you're face down on a table and he's like, what is happening right now? Like, am I, am I going to be on fire? (laughs) Like, Is this safe? (laughs) So that's, that is where the therapists need to improve their communication and make sure that the body knows like, you're going to be on fire in a minute. Don't worry. I've done this before. Don't try this at home. Yeah. And she speaks no English. So there was nothing she could say. Um, one of my Travis, so there's a funny story, there's the Travis, uh, Travis Knuth, one of my, one of my students, employees, friends, um, he was in a class and I'm like, dude, you, you're an outlier. You should go to the world massage championships. He's like, oh man, who's going to make our, our work ab- uh, about competition? I just, oh, so what if I could pay for you to get there? When is it? Right. <laughs> so perspective, right. And then he goes, and again, first year he lost and, and, and he's pretty stymied too, because he really is. Uh, besides a great therapist, visually, he's just spectacular. Um, and so what, what are we talking about? Oh, I know. So, so he's there getting work. And this guy, is, he's burning man. He, you know, he says, hey, can I spend some fire in the backyard? I'm like, yeah, that's cute, whatever. And he comes over with these like Kevlar balls, uh, you know, and, and, and gallons of gas. I'm like, dude, spun fire. So he's getting worked on by this really nice you know, friendly massage therapist. And she's got this nice kind of work going. And then she just takes him for a full spin and cracks his back all the way up to his head. Cause in her country, massage therapists can also do manipulations, but he didn't know. And for as hardcore as he is, it just threw him off. I think for more than a day, it, it just, it just his, his nervous system just did not recover because he had no idea it was coming. And, um, you know, I mean, it's just, oops, maybe, should think about asking. I don't know where you're from, what the rules are in your country. Yeah, that's a little scary. <laughs> it's interesting. The whole thing is... A- but if you're ready for it, it's a nice manipulation. It's just when you're not ready for it, um, hence communication. How did you get into judging, Joe? Like, did you have to be asked? Did you approach them? Is there like an application? Like, how do you become a judge at one of these things? Usually you get invited. So, um, and, and the reason that I, the first year had to be a judge was because nobody could really... It was... The, the, the work was getting unique and people didn't know what to do with it. Right. The freestyle was, was really freestyle back then. And so, yep. It was like, you know, if, if you, if you guys are going to come, you need to, you need to bring someone that can really interpret your work for us. And so um, I'm, I'm really more interested in helping people out. And, and like I sent a, I met a guy this year in, in competition, Danny Jensen, oh, giant Viking, big old beard, biggest heart in the world. So I paid him to, to go to London and, and go to the championship because because that, that's what's important. So I want to help people and push them. I don't really want to judge them. But I do find in judging, I'm able to kind of bring a balance in sometimes that the other judges don't have. Everyone's really sure of their craft. And I'm just, I can hold a position where I'm not so sure of my craft. So I can, I can um, entertain different thoughts and maybe talk in the middle of it. So I think it's important that I judge. Uh, but it is a, it's not fun. It's the worst thing I do. Um, yeah, I do not enjoy it. Why not? It just, it's... Um, one, I want to compete. I'd, I'd rather be on that table doing my mm. thing. But um, like there are people at the, the first year. I wish I knew this woman's name. Tiny gal from Ireland. She's she's working in Western freestyle. And, and she is just given the best massage. You know, one of that I've probably ever seen just straight massage. She's connected to her client, but there's nothing going on. Every judge is kind of walking by because they're looking for the next, you know, mm. acrobatic show to, to erupt on a table. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to tell her that, that if we're, if we're, I'd, Take you as the winner. I mean, you know, I, I wish it took you to give people more recognition. I wish there were more than just three medals. Um, because some people are super good at something, but they'll never have a chance against someone like Wasa. It just, you know, it's it's hard to compete on certain levels. So um, so I find it's just limiting, you know. And then we had a lot of because there wasn't as good of a point system the first couple of years, a lot of arguing. Now it's nowhere near. Now it's really, really getting better. Yeah, I, I think that would be super important to have a very clear and objective point system. Of course, there's going to be some subjectivity in in terms of yep. judges, and that's why you have multiple judges. But even just as what you said, I I know that that's probably a thought that's crossed people's minds when it comes to the championships. Is 
just because what I'm doing doesn't look spectacular, mm. like, is it, am I going to be judged fairly on things like, you know, it, it, like for me, for example, I, you know, I said I would be, I would feel nervous. I'm confident in my abilities as a therapist and I've been doing this for 12 years and, you know, my patients will tell you that um, the work I do is really, really good and really effective and, you know, but I feel like if I were to go to something like this, what I'm doing would look boring. I would be the, you know, the Irish therapist that like, there's nothing spectacular, but I'm, I'm not throwing anybody. I don't flip people. I don't light anybody on fire. There's no fire. But, yeah. but so I, I would feel like, is this really a place for a therapist like me? I would feel like the answer is no. And I, maybe that's why I, I would feel hesitant to do something like that. So do you think with the new point system, there is room for therapists that aren't maybe so super flashy, but that do have a very unique and effective style of treatment? No, no, not really. Not in Western freestyle. Um, there's a division called wellness and, and it really is, I think much more of an outcome based um, uh, well-rounded judges that can, that, that are really have to kind of search because sometimes there's not much going on there. Uh, but it's just like, if I were to go uh, try and fight MMA today and compete, you know, I'm an excellent kickboxer. I would get much like a, a pretzel and, and tapped out. I, I have no reason being in that ring because I don't, um, I'm not round, well-rounded enough. So sometimes massage Olympics and world competitions are meant for massage therapists who can compete at that level. Yeah. Right. doesn't mean you're a bad therapist or the Galvin Island is a bad therapist. It just means that um, unless there's a competition for really cool, slow, nurturing massage with connection, she's probably not going to show up very well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, w I, I guess I wasn't thinking about that. Different categories. Western freestyle? No, definitely not for me. Mm. But something like wellness or Swedish, then there's room for different types of therapists. Mm. Yeah. Chair massage. And they're constantly trying to update, especially as, you know, Yepi goes to all these different countries. He comes like, it's crazy, the stuff that he has seen. Um, I don't think he even had any idea where this was going to go. He went to the Iranian championships and he's like, man, these are the Iranian therapists are amazing. And then I watched him compete. I think they were like one of the higher medal winners um, in the, in the whole competition this year from Iran. I just, I don't know, stupid little, you know, American white guy. I, I would never even guess that's a possibility. So it, it, yeah, it, there's a lot going on there. It's so fascinating to me. Um, I, I want to, uh, you know, I could talk about the championships all day, but I also wanted to go back to um, the fact that you do teach. You know, there's people who are probably listening to this thinking like, this guy's interesting. I want to learn, learn, learn more. What types of courses do you teach, Joe? And if there are people who are interested in learning more about you or learning from you, where can they find you? Yeah. So um, my website, uh, so my personal website is touchfactormassage.com. And uh, right now it's kind of being transitioned, but but you can find everything about me there. Um, I, I tend to teach really effectively. Like I want you to come to my class and on Monday, I want you to be able to do what I teach you and have your, your client go, what the heck was that? So I teach, you know, things that are basic for me and my group, but are profound for most really leveraged techniques. I, I get up on the table. I stretch people a lot. Um, I help people who are tiny uh, get a lot of energy in the body with no effort. Right. So I'm, I'm trying to make massage easy, um, trying to make massage interesting for the giver. Like I'm, I'm still, you know, I, I don't know how many massages I've done. I'm, I am learning as I go. So I'm, I'm trying to get people to get out of their sort of rut and try new stuff out. And they come back and they're so excited because they try one thing out and the client absolutely loved it. You know, so so other than that, I teach a, a super nurturing, long flowing, deep, lonely style. Um, I teach a lot of Thai massage. Uh, yeah, and I, and I do a lot of teaching like for spas and private um, interests, and so I just kind of create a, a class for them. Okay, cool. That's a lot of a lot of different things that you can learn from Joe. This is cool. Man. Yeah, I I really appreciate you taking time to hang out with us this afternoon, Joe. I know we had to uh, move around some things a few times, mm -hmm. and I think you're on vacation right now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm down in Los Angeles. My wife's got a, a two day class down here, and our daughter's in San Diego, so she's going to drive up and meet us, and we are going to have a couple fun days. Right. Love it. Well, my wife's not going to ha have fun. She's at a class, but my daughter and I going to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, you go enjoy your vacation. And thank you so much for hanging out and talking to us about the championships and about the cool stuff you're doing. And, you know, maybe we'll have you back is, is and Ontario do a follow-up. Is Ontario? I don't think so. Mm, not quite there. I don't think not, so. Not, not yet. But the more we do these things, 
more that we do these things. So thanks yeah. for hanging out. This is really good. Thanks for having me on. It was really exciting. Right on. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace.